0: Hi, this is Cal Quantrill and you're listening to the East Village Times podcast.
1: In the West, SD across the chest. Youth movement, really dope ex-Prospects. Big Willy, leader of the young pups. They hating on us. Watch the youth them jump up. We ain't care, we ain't scared of nobody. The outfield mad skills, Lottie Dottie. Austin Hedges throwing out everybody. We at the ballpark, every game's a party. Ignorance is bliss so we never trip never if the pigeons break. up the pod and watch out for the kids uh-huh. evt is out here broadcasting Broadcast evt is out here podcasting question and answer james and patrick ask them. ask them question and answer james and patrick ask them audrey's evt podcast audrey's evt podcast.
2: podcast greetings and welcome to the East village times podcast I'm your host, James Clark, and with me, as usual, is Patrick Brewer. What's going on, Patrick? How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing
3: well, James. How about yourself?
2: Uh, not doing too bad. Uh, free agency's opening up. Guess uh, Some uh, news and notes will trickle in here and there. Um, but we have a special guest uh, this evening. Uh, kind of a rarity on uh, Padre's Twitter, someone who we've been, we've been uh, after for a while to uh, come and uh, talk with us uh uh Dustin Palmenteers here. Uh or more, more commonly known as Sack But Dustin. Uh what's going on, Dustin? How are you doing this evening?
0: Hey guys, it's going good. Uh thanks a lot for having me. I'm looking forward to being on the podcast. I listen to it every week and uh look looking forward to being on and talking a little Padres.
2: Thank you, man. We appreciate the fact that you actually uh are one of our few listeners um we 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 try to keep uh people well versed on the Padres but you know you are have written about the team extensively for a long time so both uh Patrick and I are really pleased to be able to talk to you because uh we are definitely fans of of your work man
0: I appreciate that that's that's awesome to hear uh you know right back at you guys too and uh yeah thanks
2: No worries, man. Uh, let's talk about your newsletter, man. That's something that's kind of come out within the last month. Uh, both Patrick and I are subscribers. We highly recommend it for anybody that wants uh, relevant, up-to-date Padre information that's kind of not whitewashed and kind of just in your face. And, and just, you know, it's just it's It's beautiful stuff to digest if you're a Padre fan. Uh, give us a little bit of information on your newsletter. Uh, give us a little bit of plug. Tell us where people can find it. And, and uh, I don't know how much uh, you want to talk about it.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, I appreciate that. If anybody is interested, you can find out uh, more about it at the sackbuntnewsletter.com. Um, you can subscribe there. It's, uh, there's a little bit of a of sub- subscription cost, but I, I hope it's a uh, reasonable and uh, you find out more about it there. Um, yeah, it was just an idea that I, I kind of came up with a few months ago and I decided to to try it. I t- talked to a few people and, uh, it's been going really well so far. People seem to enjoy it. Um, I, I enjoy writing about the team and, uh, it's it's a it's a it's like I said it's a subscription. Um, it comes right to your inbox, anywhere from like three to five times a week, kind of depending on the the season. It'll it'll pick up a little bit in the off season, but uh, I just just write about everything Padres from uh, prospects to you know big league players, trades, a- anywhere, something different every day, and uh, it's it's been going really well so far.
2: Yeah, no man, it's it's awesome stuff. I mean, you're you're very passionate about the team, you know, and it comes out in your writing. Uh, even though it's the off season, you have no problem in, in finding topics to write about. And that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, it, it's tough for some of these, uh, for some of us, us pottery fans to make it through these, the November, December, January months. But uh, having material like that to digest on a daily basis is, is definitely uh, worthy for sure. Uh, Patrick, give us your thoughts on, on the newsletter. I know uh, you and I were talking about it uh, beforehand, but, you know, talk about some of your favorite uh, articles that have come across. I, I know that the starting pitching uh piece that he just wrote was was amazing uh you know give us some thoughts patrick
3: yeah i mean me and dustin talked about it a little beforehand before we even started like kind of about the process and how it would be a, a pretty solid idea and i think it's really it's really going well so far i really appreciate him doing that because i i think i think the the one thing about potter's twitter is like yeah we're all a good community and we all write write pieces but it's good to actually like monetarily support each other you know like it, it gets hard running about the team when it's it's just a hobby and it's just for fun but I think it's good that oh. Dustin can make some money off it, and I think that that's good for him. Um, but yeah, as for as for the uh, newsletter, there's just so much good content on a daily basis. I mean, he wrote he wrote so many words on Matt Stairs. I don't think really anyone else wrote as well <laughs> or as extensively as he did on Matt Stairs. Kind of how Matt Stairs operated last year in Philly. Um, he looked at each player from Philly's lineup and how they improved under stairs, and kind of looked ahead and see how how the Padres maybe could benefit from that. Um, obviously, you mentioned the pitching the pitching prospects article. I think that was like thousands and thousands of words about pitching pro, pitching prospects. I mean, there's so many of them to write about, so that that was uh, really interesting to read, and uh, obviously today he talked a little bit about uh, Ron Fowler trying to get the team to 500 this year, which <laughs> oh, yeah. that's not going to happen, but <laughs> <laughs> it, it's worth yeah. talking about. I mean, he, he seems really serious about getting the team to 500 somehow, so we'll have to see how that works, but uh, Dustin had plenty of good things to say about that. So yeah, I, I really appreciate him him reaching out and doing that, and I think it he really had to go out on a limb there. I mean, that's it's really tough to ask people for money, but He's doing a, a kick a kick ass job, and I think more more and more people are going to subscribe as the offseason goes on and as uh, next season comes around.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, appreci- I appreciate it, guys. Um, you, you mentioned the pitching article there, and I I kind of rolled through the, the through the position player side, and I I was I was waiting on that one, and I was like I was pushing it off a little because man, there there's just so many pitchers in the system, and yeah, I think it ended up about thirty five hundred words, and I think I discussed like. 38 pitchers or something like that but uh nice, nice. that was a, that was a fun one
2: <laughs> yeah i know there's definitely plenty to write about as far as the prospects are concerned uh you know let's you know let's get into the pudgers let's get into the team himself uh let's do maybe a little bit of a, a review of the 2017 season um your thoughts uh you know if you've listened to our podcast patrick and i were since july or august we're just hounding the the, the team the the players the fans to to realize that a matter of three or four games was going to be the difference in the top three pick. And as it turned out, that's was the difference. Um, you know, it's great to see a young team grow and develop on a daily basis, but still you, you do want to earn that extra higher draft pick. So, you know, give me your thoughts on the 2017 season and, and whether or not you thought 70, the 71 win season was, uh, was productive.
0: Yeah, I think you got it about, about right there. Um, the, the thing with that is they, they should have been worse. Like I know you guys talked yeah. about it and, uh, by run differential, they they should have won like you know fifty nine or sixty games, and for whatever reason, they just happened to play that. That you know, Brad Hand Brad Hand probably had something to do with that, and a a pretty good bullpen and just some timely wins here and there, and they ended up with seventy one. And like you say, you miss out on that top that top pick or the top three pick, and that was kind of unfortunate. But there were positives. I, I think, like you mentioned, there there were young players that that improved throughout the year. Um, you know, Austin Hedges was was solid. It was great defensively. Offense needs some work, but um, Manny Margot was was solid all year, and then like guys like Denelson Lamette just kind of coming out of nowhere and playing really well. So there there were a lot of success stories from that standpoint. But like you mentioned, it, it would have been nice if they could have just won like you know four fewer games and and got a much higher draft pick next year. But uh, I guess that you know sometimes that's just how things shake out.
3: Yeah, I think for me it it doesn't hurt as much that they have a seventh pick because, I mean, that's still a solid pick. I mean, I think Cal Quantra was either seven or eight, if I'm not mistaken. So it's still a good position. There's there's good players at the top of the board. Um, I think I am I was more upset that the Giants were so bad and that the Giants got a, a top five pick. Because, I mean, who would have thought going into the season that the Potters would be better than the Giants? I mean, I, there's no yeah. one that probably would have put money down on that prior to uh, opening no. day last yeah. year. But no. here, here we sit and the Giants are now a, a top two drafting team. So it's kind of wild. Um I wanted your thoughts on kind of how you see the the youngsters progressing and, and if you thought you saw enough positive development out of guys like Margot and, and Myers and Renfro to, I guess, warrant the team... I don't want to say, like, they're throwing away a higher draft pick because, I mean, they did overperform, obviously, expectations, but do you think you saw enough development to really say, I'm glad they won that extra, the extra whatever, 10 games or however many games you think they won extra based on that performance?
0: Yeah, it's, it's tough to say because you know, those wins came from, from all different places. Like I think you look at somebody like Jose or like a uh, Perella and like he had a big year out of nowhere. And, and that was, you know, he had a two or three win year when you're, you're not expecting nothing. And maybe somebody like um, Trevor Cahill with, with kind of an out of nowhere year, but then again, he, he got a nice return in a trade, but, but overall, I think like you're saying, um, I think Hedges was, was, was solid. I, I don't know. Like if, you can look at hedges in two different ways. Um, if, if you don't look at pitch framing, he, he's kind of like a backup catcher. <laughs> and if you do look at pitch framing, he's, he's worth three or four wins a year. So I, I think the right way to, is to look at, you know, to include the pitch framing when you're looking at him and, yeah, and he's, a, yeah. he's a solid player. And Margot, I, I think he was solid. I mean, it's a, it's a rookie year. And sometimes we get kind of, we get used to guys like um, judge and, you know, Bellinger coming on and just just crushing the world as rookies, and that's not how it always goes. So I, I think he's got the foundation to be a really good player. And um, so overall, I, I think you got to kind of just take it as, as it was. They, they weren't quite as bad as we thought. And next year they'll probably be somewhere in the same area, maybe maybe a little bit better. And they won't quite get those high draft picks, but hopefully along the way they're 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 you know they're auditioning enough of these young players and they're, and they're improving over the year that it, that it works out okay.
3: I mean, with a 81 win record, they're gonna have an even worse draft pick next year, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I actually yeah, want to you, talk. You,
2: <laughs> Go ahead, James. No, you, I mean, you just you you said it brilliantly in, in your newsletter. I mean, you never want to have 500 as your goal for 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 major league team. I mean, your goal is either World Series or sadly earning a higher draft pick, and, and those are right. the, those should be the two priorities. Uh, a 500, you know, I'd, I'd love to see this team progress, but progressing in stages like that is not going to be detrimental, is going to be detrimental to the future of the team, because we want to hoard those draft picks, we want to grow talent, I mean, the majority of the, the talent uh, quality talent on this team is still 17 to, to 20 years of age, so it's going to take a little bit of time for them to reach the major league. so I it, it is what it is, being a Padre fan as long as the three of us have been we we are definitely uh, happy and, and positive that the team is swinging in the right direction but it's, it's still a it's still a process that, that needs to be developed.
3: Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely something we have to wait for. I mean, I know we've been waiting for a long time, but I, I think there's nothing bad about saying that the team needs to progress slowly, though. I mean, if you look at the Astros, they won pretty much, what, 50 games three years in a row, like in the 50s, and then they moved to mm-hmm. 70 in t- 2014. Yeah. And they were up 86, then 84, then they obviously got to 101 wins this year in the World Series titles. So I think there is some progression to be had, I think obviously you don't want to aim for 500. You want to say like, we want to go from 70 wins to a playoff contender. That's like a mid 80 win team. So I think that's probably the more realistic goal. And I want to say 2019. So I think this year I could probably see low to mid seventies wins. And then maybe next year, I mean, 2019 getting closer to the eighties and then go from there. I think it has to be yeah. a, a progression. I mean, you you rarely see teams jump like twenty wins 20 to 25 wins up. I mean, the Minnesota Twins obviously did that year this year. I mean, I think they won fifty nine in twenty sixteen, and they won I want to say eighty three eighty four. So that's obviously a pretty yeah. substantial jump. But it's kind of hard to count any team to make that much improvement in one year, even though the Potters have so many prospects that could all come up at once and really change the um, complexion of the team. But I actually wanted to talk oh, to I actually want to talk to Dustin about. Um, me and James had a brief discussion on the the awards, the the final three. Um, for each award so rookie of the year mvp cy young um so manny margot was obviously a bit of a snub i wanted your thoughts on on if you think he was more deserving than perhaps josh bell um i think cody bellinger is probably everyone's pick to win the award but i think there could be an argument (laughs) to be made that that manny margot should have at least been in the consideration there
0: yeah i think he he, he definitely could have been i'll be honest with you bellinger is, is so far out in front that I haven't really looked that close at like the second and third guys (laughs) to (laughs) to see if Margot really stacks up with them, but I'm sure he'd be right there with them. And um, there's always going to be some snubs like that. I really don't like that. They limit it to like three guys. I would just let it, let, you know, let people vote for, for whoever they want. But um, yeah, he he had a solid year and I could see, I could have seen him being right there in second or third place.
2: Yeah. No, for Margot 2017 was just a growing year and we're just going to have to wait. You know what? I think in the end, the, the lack of playing time and, and his little bit of injury there in the beginning or middle of the year kind of hurt him for, for rookie of the year consideration. But he, he's not that flashy type of player. He just does everything well above average and, and is not going to be a 30 home run, 300, uh, 320 hitter, 100 RBI guy, but he does everything above average and, and that's the type of player that, that uh, this team should should build around. Um, so, you know, let's, let's move into 2018. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a... A down year again. uh, I wouldn't expect too much if you are a Padre fan. I wouldn't expect a playoff uh, race for this team. Uh, But the Padres recently released their marketing, or their marketing team recently uh, released their 2018 promotion schedule. Uh, They were the first team to do so, which was kind of a, a an excellent move, I would say, by the marketing team to kind of uh, energize the fan base. But, um, Dustin, I don't know if you've seen uh, what they're going to be giving out this year. It's definitely a step up from uh, the 2017 season. Uh,
0: I saw something about uh, the, the different nights they were going to be having, but I don't think I saw the actual
3: uh, the giveaway. Did they get did they announce the giveaways too?
2: Patrick, Patrick, inform us because I know I know you were all over the the giveaways. No, it's
3: kind of weird. They didn't announce. Um, yeah, they didn't announce the actual like giveaway nights. What they actually did release right. was the they're doing like special theme nights with giveaways. Yeah. So I think my understanding is it's like a special sort of ticket. You have to like I think you're paying more basically for whatever it is. So they haven't actually released the actual. Yeah, this Um, not the actual. Yeah, yeah, but But it's in addition to that, which I think is I think is a good start because they've obviously gotten a lot of criticism for having poor marketing and they're not drawing fans very well. They're not getting people to come out to the ballpark, especially when the team is so bad. So I think having this extra promotional schedule on top of the one they will release, I think that's a good step forward for them. Um, I I think it's something that the marketing team can be proud of. We have to wait and see how it actually works out, but. I think it's definitely a good step forward. I think it's going to get more people to the park, and and I'm willing to see, um, give them a chance to see how this works out going forward. I mean, there's some good giveaways for these theme nights. I mean, me and James were talking on the last podcast. There's like some cool Tony Gwynn, a uh, Tony Gwynn throwback replica jersey on Wayback Wednesday. Some other cool like replica stuff, um, some some cool merchandise. I, I think it's some some cool stuff. It's it's a good start for a team that's kind of gotten such a bad rap for their poor marketing. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah but, well, let me just say something real quick. When I see the Padres release something like that, the Padres are, are a secretive team. You got to read the line, read between the lines with with the Padres. When I see something like this and a boost in the 2018 promotional schedule and, and more things to me, that indicates this team's going to be poor next season. And you just, if that's just the writing on the wall, uh, they're going to try to compete. They're going to, like Fowler brilliantly put it on, on the, the airwaves, they're going to attempt to finish 500, which is asinine in itself to say that over to the fan base. But they're, it's all about cultivating the youngsters. Quantrill, Lauer, Tatis, Arias, they're, they're close. They're they're probably going to get cups of coffee here and there in, in 2018. So there's some things to be looked forward to, but the team is not going to compete next season. Anyone who has anything to do or any knowledge of this team knows that they're just not going to compete this coming season. So when you see the marketing team uh, jump out and, and throw out their giveaways and, and promotionals, to me, that's just an indication of, of a slow season. I wouldn't expect any anything on the free agent market. I wouldn't expect them to spend anything more than a couple million per se- per year per, for a player, and I wouldn't expect them to, to do that on a, on a multi-year level.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with what uh, both you guys are saying and and getting back to the to the giveaways, like uh Patrick was saying, like I think anything is better than kind of what they've had over the past few years. It seems like they just kind of recycle the same the same stuff and it's not really that um exciting or fun or yeah. different and um I think a lot of fans just want something a little, you know, have some creativity and uh mix it up a little bit and I know there's there are a number of other teams and, and not just like the kind of small market teams but like the Dodgers and and the Red Sox and the the Yankees and and they have really creative marketing you know ideas and giveaways so I I hope they can keep moving in the direction towards more of that stuff I think it'll bring people out to the to the park and it'll help you know create younger fans and and more fans and stuff like that so I don't see any reason not to do that especially in a year that like you mentioned is probably going to be a a rough year on the field
3: yeah I think it's definitely true that this may be an indication that, yeah, the year's going to be rough. But I think if you look at what they've done in the past few years when, I mean, those years were also going to be rough, they didn't really do as much. And it's good to see them, they're kind of getting out ahead of it. They're the first team to release any sort of promotions at all. So I think that's definitely a good development for a marketing team that's really struggled to really gain fans' attention. I mean, there's been so much criticism of them. Fans aren't coming out to the ballpark. I mean, sure, it's a great stadium. It's a beautiful city. But there's so many other things to do in San Diego. The team is pretty crappy on the field so you have to do what you can to get fans out and i think this is a definite step in the right direction um okay i want to i want to get back a little bit to uh Padres on the field um obviously you wrote a, a, a lot about matt stairs i referenced before i wanted to get your thoughts on that higher and if you think he can bring to the team what i guess alan zinter couldn't
0: uh i think i think it's tough to, it's tough to say with hitting coaches it's like I like I wrote in the article, it's kind of tough to separate the performance of the players from the performance of the hitting coach. But I I do think the results in Philadelphia were were really solid with him. Uh, I looked like you mentioned earlier. I looked at the 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 players' preseason projections and then compared it to their performance. And most all of them in, improved across the board. And uh, I think a lot an on base percentage. Almost every every Philly did better than their uh, projections. So I think he's going to try to instill having good at bats and getting on base. And I'm not saying that – I'm sure Alan Zinter was doing that as well, but maybe it's just a different way of communicating it with these guys or just getting somebody else in there that can kind of help kickstart some players. And uh, so I think from that perspective, I really like the hire. He, he didn't really get, like, fired in Philadelphia or whatever. Their manager got fired, so he was kind of left in limbo. So I think he's a guy that had a really, a really solid first year, and he could be a good coach and maybe last a few years as a hitting coach in San Diego. I know they've, they've gone through a bunch of them over the last few years in the, in the Petco era.
3: Yeah, I think they'd really like him to be um, sort of the guy that sticks around long term. I don't think they want to keep switching hitting coaches every year or two years. I think that kind of gets old. I mean, being a hitting coach is all about communication. I mean, communicating with the players and getting them to buy into what you're selling. I mean, if you tell a guy to adjust his swing this way, he's got to believe that you actually – know what's best I think it helps that stairs played so many years in the big leagues and he obviously played one year in San Diego so he's somewhat familiar with um the city at least and obviously he's familiar with baseball I mean he's played so much hit so much that I, I think he's gonna have a positive impact on the team um I'm not ready to say like the whole team's gonna turn around the offense is gonna be great because at the end of the day hitting coaches don't really play that much of a role but uh it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out in his first year uh in town
2: yeah 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 if I'm at stairs, I'm definitely renting in San Diego instead of owning a home. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> That's probably a good call considering
0: uh, how, how fast <laughs> least, hitting coaches get really, run out. Yeah, at least for a, a year or two, yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he can make it that long. Jeez, yeah, it's been a kiss of death it. around here. Yep. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's get into some minor league stuff. Uh, that is what everyone wants to discuss. That is what the team is all about right now. Um, you know, it's got to be exciting for you um, writing about the team and seeing the excess of minor league talent they have now because, you know, you were here in, in the in the barren days where there wasn't much to write about, there wasn't much to see. Uh, I mean, the top 30 list five, ten years ago on the Padres was, was pretty tragic. Um, I'd like to talk in particular about the influx of Latin talent that A.J. Prowlers brought with him. Uh, since being named the the manager uh general manager of the team um give me your thoughts on all the young players and in particular all the uh latin uh players
0: yeah i think i think that was something that we kind of knew was coming when they hired preller um that's where he did a lot of his work with the rangers and they the padres you know had that big year of spending uh, a couple summers ago on international free agents and that was kind of preller's forte so it's been great to see him to see them go out and get a lot of these guys. And the, the performance has been good from a lot of them. Some of them are, are a lot of them are so young that you, you really can't tell yet how, how good they're going to be, but just overall there there's so many good young players that they've gotten over the last couple of years internationally and, and also through trades like for Fernando Tatis Jr. Of course, a guy who was kind of unheralded um, when he signed with the white Sox, and, and the Padres were able to get him for, for James Shields and, and some cash. And, um, so I, I think Preller just has a great, you know, amount of knowledge on the international market and along with people, you know, other people in the organization that he brought in. So they've done a great job there of just, just stocking the system with, with tons of talented young players. And I mean, I, I would guess that they have the most, you know, teenage prospects, the most good teenage yeah. prospects of, of any of any team in the, in the league. So it's going to be interesting to see how they perform over the next couple of years when we get a better sense of, you know how good they are when they get to the higher levels, full season mm-hmm, ball, and mm-hmm. you know single A, double A. So it's it's really going to be fun to
2: watch. Yeah, you know, I'd I'd love to to bend here a little bit on Fernando Tatis, um, talking about him uh, as far as what you believe uh, his future is uh, in 2018. Uh, do you think he's going to start in double A, uh, San Antonio? Do you think that's a given already uh, for the for him? Uh,
0: I th- I think it probably depends on you know how he does maybe the rest of this winter and then the into, into spring. I think okay. we'll get a in the spring training and stuff, we'll get a better idea where they plan to start him. But I think there's a good chance. Um, I don't think they would have moved him up like they did towards the end of the year. If they, if they weren't kind of planning on maybe doing it permanently, but at mm-hmm. the same time, they, they might start him back in uh, Lake Elsinore and, and kind of slow it down a little. Yeah. Um. I don't think, you know, there's no reason to really rush it with him, but at the same yeah. time, if he keeps playing the way that he did last year, then they'll probably keep, you know, keep kind of challenging him. They They want to keep challenging him and, uh, I think the future is really, really bright for for Tatis, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he made it to the majors next year as a September call-up, most likely. But um, uh-huh, uh-huh. obviously, depending on how, how he does throughout the year.
2: Yeah, no, he's he's been been excellent, and uh, you know he's on the fast track. But you you said it brilliantly. You you, you know starting him in double A this coming season, you know, Patrick and I have had this kind of debate or discussion about it. I'm, I still, still tend to believe that he's going to start in like Elsinore for some reason. I just have a gut feeling. Um, I'm still a little concerned about him defensively. He's made, uh, six errors in his last five games in the Dominican Republic. So, you know, I, I don't want to become a Fernando Tatis basher like uh, Patrick is a Will Myers basher, but whoa! Um, <laughs> I, I deny I, everything. I just, want, <laughs> I just, I just want people to 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 understand that this young man is eighteen. He's played above his head so far. He's 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 got a great future, but I think the team is going to have to just you know take it easy on him at, at this point. And you know, I, we'll have to see how he how he develops in spring and how he's able to developed the rest of the winter uh, i mean he, it's still you know he's played sporadically for the dominican team um you know i've mentioned the defensive issues uh the majority of his errors have come in the last five games like i said uh before that he played pretty clean defense uh so you know it's just about consistency and you know i, I don't know I'm, I'm just a little concerned about tatis i don't want fans to get you know already Proclaim him as the next Bryce Harper, the next Mike Trout, and then be disappointed because every player is an individual, and um, we're just gonna have to wait and see who he is. And, and you know, I've been pleasantly surprised by by everything about him. I mean, his speed is, is phenomenal. Um, but give me your thoughts on on Tatis in particular. Um, I'd like to hear or whether you think he's going to be able to stick at shortstop.
0: Uh yeah, I I mean I'm not like a, you know I haven't seen him in person too often. I actually tried to see him last year, and he didn't play that game. Oh, I was no out. Way. I was <laughs> out in uh at a Fort Wayne game, and I could only I could only see one game, and he and he didn't play. <laughs> so I was yeah, I remember about that. that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a a saga. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> but uh, <that> the... <laughs> but um, I think he can because I I just think you know just from seeing him on video and from from reading different scouting reports and and stuff that people that have seen him. I think he has the tools to, to stick there. He's got a good arm. He he's got good range. And the thing that would most people think that you know that he might have to move off the position because of his size, um, there there's a lot of guys in the majors right now who are, are really big, so I think the shortstop yeah. position is kinda is kinda changing and, and I think some people think back to that kind of that five ten or five eleven shortstop, the the little guy that with uh you know, the the quick feet and the quick the quick movements and now it's with the, with shifting and stuff like that, you can kind of disguise a guy there if he's if he's solid, and I think Tatis can be good enough to to stick there for at least a, the, a few years into his career and kind of see where it goes from there. But yeah, I, I think there's a good chance he, he 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 sticks there for a while. Nice,
3: nice. I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty it's pretty apparent that James just wants. Tatis at Elsinore, so you can watch him. So, okay, that might there.
2: that might secretly be my 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 goal <laughs> no, or my ambition. You know, I'm not going to deny here. that. I'm not going to deny that. <laughs> that's
3: totally that's totally fair. I don't want to fly all the way to Texas to watch him. Play. Yeah,
2: <laughs> just a couple weeks,
3: Padres. Just, just a couple I, weeks. I just need to see like two games and obviously ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. that was that was that was what what I wanted
0: as well. But to, to, to James to James's point about kind of. Pumping the brakes a little, like I, I under—I totally understand that. Um, he—he he is really young. There's, there's really no reason to to rush it. He's really only had one full season of uh professional baseball. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you, you know, there's still a lot of stuff that he can learn in in the minors, and there's really no rush to get him to San Diego, and, and kind of put him under that spotlight. So, uh, that's totally fair. Kind of fair point to to slow it down a little, let him work on some of the the smaller aspects of the game, his footwork, and. Just kind of making plays consistently, like you mentioned, at short, and you know running the bases and all, adjusting to to better pitching. So there's there's a lot that he can work on. I think the the, the talent is there for him to become a, a star player, but oh, we'll yeah, see we'll, we'll see how it goes for sure.
3: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, let's just say Fernando Tatis is not Carlos Correa, Mackenzie Gore is not Clayton Kershaw, Luis Urias yeah. is not Jose Altuve. We need to just wait and see yeah. how these guys turn out. I mean, I, I'm hoping all three are stars, but. Yeah. When they're all 18, 19, 20 years old, you just need to to chill and and wait for them to develop and hope for the best. Um yeah. so, we've obviously uh James dropped his top 100 prospect list uh this past week at EVT, so I figured we would talk some prospects, maybe maybe we could do a top 10 us three kind of updated list based on 2017 performance. Um I know James had Jorge Ona at number 10. Uh what are your thoughts uh any names pop into your mind, Dustin, for number ten?
0: Oh <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I want to say you know, congrats on James on finishing that. That's, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, how many words was under, that? <laughs> undertaking.
2: Uh, twelve thousand. Oh yeah, my gosh!
0: I don't think I've ever written any any article quite that long. So that <laughs> that's a uh, that's a great job. And it, it's crazy that the, that the system has you know enough prospects to where you can do that and yeah. and not really run out of names. You no, it.
2: Yeah, that's and that's really how it started. I, I did initially did a top fifty, I think two or three times ago, and then I had no problem doing that. And there was ten, twenty players that I left off that I thought deserved consideration. So yeah. it grew into a top hundred, and, and there we have it. So it's it was a it was a little bit of a, a an ordeal, but I, I'm glad you appreciated it. Thank you so much for the the comment.
0: Oh yeah, no problem. But um, on on Onya, I think I think he's he's solid. He would be right in that area on mine. I would think. Um, I actually did see him out out in uh, at the Fort Wayne game, and mm-hmm. I, I am a, I am a little concerned just about kind of his defense, like, and his his speed. I think I think it's going to come down to his bat, and it it's always kind of dangerous when you're when you're relying too much on a prospect's bat to to mm-hmm. carry him. But I'm hoping that that maybe he can get a little bit, um, you know, a little uh, trimmed down. Maybe you know, work on his speed a little in the off season and and work on his defense. And and, and I know he was more of like a five tool. Prospect when he kind of first came onto the scene, so maybe he can get back towards that and uh, really take off in different areas of the game.
2: Yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely has some issues with uh, defensive. I've seen some route taking questions. I mean, for a twenty year old, it's it's tough to judge him. I mean, he's obviously still growing, still learning, and adapting to the position and playing uh, professional baseball. So, but he's got a great upside. He really does. Right. Patrick, did you have a top or did you have a number ten?
3: Um, I'd probably, I'd probably agree with either uh, Ona or Naylor, depending on how you want to order them. Sure. I think both are at that back of the ten um, spot. Um, for me, Naylor maybe could be even a little higher, although I think he's still got a bit to prove. Um, obviously, he's doing well in the Arizona Fall League. That's that's really a, a positive sign for him. I know there's some some people have issues with his weight and think that could be a bigger issue long term. Uh, even the defense, to an extent, is kind of sometimes shaky. I know he has his moments of of good glove work, but he's definitely got some things to figure out. He's just got insane raw power, but he hasn't really translated to in-game power as much. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, him, Tatis, and Urias are the three youngest players uh, in AA last year. The the fact that three of the youngest players were all on the same team is kind of crazy. So I'm willing to give the guy time to to develop and kind of come into these things. I mean, you see major leaguers that are still 27, 28 figuring stuff out. So a guy that's 20 years old, I mean, you can't really... I guess, get too ahead of yourself and, and criticize him too much. I mean, he's still learning, he's still developing. No. So I, I think both fit in uh, there at that back. Um, James, I think you had Naylor right ahead of Ona. Um, and then number eight, you had Joey Lucchese, who pretty pretty clearly I think was the best pitcher in the Padres system uh, this year. I think that there's no doubt about that. Um, what are your guys' thoughts about him and kind of how you see him long-term?
0: Uh, I like Lucchese a lot. Um, I probably like him more than I think most Padres fans Um I guess I just like a, a player who has performed well, basically, at, at every, I mean, you know, he, he did well in college his last couple of years, and then he did well in his first year in the Padres organization, and then last, or this, this past season, he had, he had a great year at, uh, at high A, and then double A, he kind of, he didn't strike out quite as many guys, but he still was a good pitcher there, so I, I just, I have kind of like a soft spot for, for players who just perform well at every level. And uh, I think his stuff is maybe a little bit better than than he gets credit for. So uh, I think I think it's interesting. I'm ho- I'm hoping he makes it to the majors at some point next year, and we kind of get to see him on that stage because I'm interesting. I'm interested to see how it works against you know professional against
2: major league hitters. Yeah, no, he's I I've seen him a couple times in, in person. He he he's he's just uh pretty impressive. I mean, the the mixture of his funkiness with the velocity that he has and the uh, off-speed stuff it's it's going to transition well to the major leagues and and to higher minor league baseball he should be have no problem uh i I would you know i I think i I wrote a piece today indicating some players that might make the major leagues at at some point this season and i think that lucchese uh pretty high on on the cup of coffee list uh for the team if, if they need a spot start here and there so you know it all depends on how he how he pitches this year but i wouldn't expect him to have any any uh problems he's He's uh, definitely one to to keep an eye on.
3: Yeah, I think the fact that he outpitched Cal Quantrill, Eric Lauer, Jacob Nix, I, I think that that puts him in line to to probably debut this season if he continues to pitch that well. And I know yeah, many yeah. thought he was gonna kind of take a step back once he faced better competition at Double A, but he was he was just as good, if not better, in San Antonio. So I think it going forward, um, he he's probably the guy that you see getting the call up first. I, I, Long term, I think the other guys that I mentioned, some of them per- perhaps have a better future. But I think if Lucchese can settle in as a back-end starter, even, even a mid-rotation starter, if it all breaks well, I think that's definitely a fit for him. Uh, next up, you had Anderson Espinosa, who we obviously haven't seen pitch in, it seems like, five years. Um, yeah. Kind of What what played into you having him at number seven ahead of some other guys despite not playing in so long, James?
2: Uh, you know, I, I really liked upside on, his, on this kid. I, I really do. I don't think we ever had a chance to see him healthy. I think once he was shipped from boston to the padres he he was already had some arm issues so uh, you know at at 19 19 and a half going to be maybe 20 21 when he returns he's still going to be ahead of schedule pitching like elsinore so uh, you know he's definitely someone to keep an eye on like a chris paddock from last season someone's going to pay dividends in the long run so uh, the upside on him is just too tremendous for me to drop him out of the top 10 at, at this point
0: Right. The, the thing that's a little scary with Espinosa is just how long he's gonna be out of out of action. Um yeah. if, if he doesn't come back next season, which he, he probably won't, it's gonna be no. like going on, you know, like two and a half, three years almost, I think, since he actually pitched in a game. If he comes back at the start of uh what would it be two thousand
2: nineteen? Nineteen, yeah.
0: So that's the only thing. Like it's Tommy John, but it's also compounded by that extra layoff that he had. But other than that, I, I totally agree. Like there's there's still enough upside there to where, you know, he he could come back and you know, get the rust off and, and go right back being right back to being, uh you know, one of the best uh, pitching prospects in the system with, with, with upside that I would say is right there with, with someone like Gore and maybe bias. And uh so, yeah, I, I can see him being anywhere in the top 10, really. It depends on kind of what you think about him coming back from the injury. And yeah,
3: I think the beauty of it is that now that there's so many good pitching prospects in the system that really weren't there when Espinosa was first acquired, that, I think it it makes it a little easier to stomach his injury. Yeah, exactly. You don't really expect anything from him. And if if it works out and he becomes an ace, I mean, he's just another name to add to the pile. And if he doesn't work out, that's fine too. I mean, there's so much talent there. And right when the injury happened, like when they announced he had Tommy John, I was like, this is why you accumulate so much talent because pitchers break and there's really nothing you can do to stop that from happening. So if you can do whatever you can to ensure that you have as much talent as possible and you can weather that storm, I think that's really what you need to do. Um, next up on James' list, we had Adrian Morajon, uh, 18-year-old. Uh, had his moments uh, this year. He pitched in Tri-City, pitched in Fort Wayne, had a little struggles in, in Fort Wayne. But overall, he showed great command. He was a, a great command pitcher, um, showed a lot of a lot of development, I think, for an 18-year-old uh, pitching for in, in major, professional baseball in America for the first time. Uh, Dustin, I wanted your thoughts on uh, Morahone and kind of how you saw him develop this year.
0: Yeah, I think he got it there. Just just the age. I mean, he's only eighteen, so he he already made it to to single A Fort Wayne and uh he pitched really well at Tri City and like like you mentioned, he kinda struggled a little bit at, at Fort Wayne, but that's kinda to be expected. Um, first time in the States pitching, um, young. So I think it it's it it'll be fun to watch him. Like like you said, he's got the command. Um, he got a lot of strikeouts. It it'll just it's just one of those guys where you're just gonna see what he's gonna do and um he, he's undersized, which is which is interesting, but he, he's got kind of a, an advanced advanced uh, repertoire. So I, I'm just—he's one of the one of the many many people in the system that I'm I'm just looking forward to kind of watching and, and getting a better feel
2: as we go forward over the next year or two.
3: What do you think about that, James?
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm definitely high on more hone. Uh Just another young arm, 18 years old, you know, already pitching at Fort Wayne. You know, might see some time in like Elsinore this year as, as a teenager. It's pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, this—you could just go on and on about this farm system. You really could.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's just as as Dustin said, he wrote he wrote about what 38 guys in the pitching prospect. Uh, yeah, exactly. So you can kind of just go on for days, and it's just, it's so nice to have this for once. It's not like you're you're yeah. picking you're picking from scraps basically, but but now we're actually picking yeah. from really talented players. All right, so Dustin, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. Uh, give me your top five prospects in the Padres system, starting from number five. Go. All right. I, Go. I got, <laughs> all
0: right, I got this. I, I got Espinosa at number five. Actually, I'm, I guess I'm a little higher on him than, than maybe James. And okay. I got him at five. I got I got Bias at four. Michelle Bias. Uh, Urias three. Gore and then Tatis.
3: That's fair. Nice. I think James had Baez at five. Urias at four, Quantrill three, Gore two, Tatis one. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're, yeah. we're pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I
3: think, I, I think I'd think i put Tatis clearly number one. I know I got a little bit of a hard time because I said Urias was number one in the midseason, but I think Tatis proved me wrong a bit. I thought he would slow down, but he did not. Um, so I'd have Tatis one. Yeah. I think Gore's two just because of the upside. I mean, this is the guy who could be a, a front rotation starter. Um, I'd have Urias number three because he's probably the most developed of the group in terms of being almost major league ready. I mean, you see him doing so well in the Arizona Fall League. I think he's a, a guy that's probably going to be up next year. Um, I'm kind of torn as to where I go from there. Um, for me, Quantrill, Baez, Morajone, and Espinoza are kind of all interchangeable. Um, they all have their strengths. They all have their warts and weaknesses, but I think really there's any order there you could you could fit them in. I think Gore is clearly the most talented, but I think between Quantrill, Baez, and Morahone, I think you can make an argument for any of the three, and then same goes with Espinosa if he comes back healthy. And I think Lucchese sits behind there a little bit. I think Lauer and um, Nix probably sit just outside of top 10, maybe top 15. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's just so much talent here that you really can't go wrong when you're ranking prospects. I mean, you go down to like number 30 and you still got so many good players. And even into the 40s, there's guys you could see, you could squint and see them as big leaders. So, yeah, and yeah. that's not even mentioning a guy like Chris Paddock who might even be ranked higher if not for his injury. I mean, he's a guy that was setting the world on fire when he was first traded uh, to the Padres, so it's good to see that as well. Um, Yeah, just – I can't stress enough how many good players there are to watch on a daily basis in the system. I mean, every night when we were writing those uh, farm pieces, there's just like – there's just so much to write about. So many players, it's just – it's hard to keep up, honestly. Like, I found myself watching more missions and Chihuahuas games than Padre games because it's just so much more intrigue and just so much more to watch. And sometimes it's hard to watch the Padres, and I think – that's a yeah. total fair point of view to have. It,
2: it, I think it's the uncertainty of these prospects and not knowing who they are and who they really will be is what uh, intrigues us all because, you know, we can all re- write about what their upside is and what their ability is, but no one really knows. I mean, they could flame out just as easily as they could come out of nowhere. Uh, people that I have 60, 70, 80, 90th on my prospect list could be uh, Major League Baseball All-Stars. So, you know, that's the beauty of the game and why we love it. it, it it's it's something that's just, it's, it's a beautiful sport and it mirrors life. Um, anything can happen. I think. Deep.
0: I think that's. I think that's right. <laughs> the way I look at it. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. It's kind of. It's kind of like a puzzle, and you're trying to figure out which of these guys are going to succeed, and and you're looking at different things, whether it's you know you're watching them play or or you're reading a scouting report or you're trying to to look into their statistical profile and, and see what you know what they can bring to the table. It, it's really fun to try to put that all together, and you know, like you like you guys mentioned, it's you know with the Padres struggling at the major league level. It's fun to be able to go down to the minors and, and see legitimate talent and, and you know, not kind of, yeah, not, 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 you're not stretching it too much when you talk about how good the system is. You don't feel like you're you're a homer, you know, too much. It, it's a really good system. And like people that are objective that, that are, that look at all, all the teams, you know, have the Padres is almost a consensus, like a top five or even a top three system right now. So it, it's a lot of fun and it, it should be fun for the next few years to follow these guys.
3: I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. Um, All right. I want to know who your favorite um, non-obvious Padre prospect is. So no Mackenzie Gore, no Fernando Tatis. Come on, dig, ah, dig deep. That's a tough one. I'm,
0: going to, I'm going to go really off off the board here. I'm going to go with Adrian De Orta.
3: That's a good one. <laughs> uh, nice. Okay. Uh,
0: really the only reason, because that game I was at that I, I mentioned earlier, I, I saw him pitch, and he, he doesn't really throw that hard. He, he's a He's a right-handed pitcher. He was drafted – quite a while ago, pretty high, like in the top 10 rounds, somewhere in the top 10 rounds and uh, he doesn't have overpowering stuff Um, but but he's got a really good, he, he used a curve he went to a curveball in about the third or fourth inning of that game and he, he just started ripping off like, you know, 10, 12 curveballs in a row what it seemed like, and, and he was getting a lot of swings and misses and I, I don't know, he, he doesn't really, he, he probably won't, Um, you know, make the majors but he's a fun guy to watch and maybe if they switch him to the bullpen or something, he, he can kind of you can kind of put it all together, but he's one that I'm watching who is probably off most people's radar. I would assume.
3: Yeah,
2: that's a <laughs> good <I> pick. Did, <laughs> I know.
0: I know he made James's top 100, I believe.
2: Yeah, he was. uh, I'm looking right now. He was 94th, and right. uh, he he showed some signs in 2017 of breakout. So yeah. you know, it's it, sometimes California. it just takes. <laughs> yeah, it, sometimes it just takes a while for these kids to to for it to click in and and. You know, I still think he might be a, a bullpen guy eventually, but you know, at 22, it, it's still up in the air on, on his on his ability. But you know, th- again, that's someone who in in Padres' day and age, five, six, seven, eight years ago, would have probably been a top 30 prospect. Oh yeah, and in this in this time, he's uh, 94th on my list, which I mean, don't put any any credit to that, but it just shows the depth on the system, and it's 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 just incredible, and and I enjoy. Discussing uh, the Padre system every single day—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing.
3: All right, James. Same question.
2: Uh, what was the question?
3: Favorite Padre prospect <laughs> that's not obvious. Uh, I think. Uh, well, I don't know. Is is Luis Patino obvious? Uh, I know Chris Kemp. I think it's Camp... becoming more obvious, but that's, okay, that, that's, that's, that's uh, a good it's... one. I'll accept that. <laughs>
2: okay, I I really like Luis Patino. I think that that's someone who's gonna break out this season um i I wouldn't say he's going to break out like a bias did because he's not that type of pitcher and and not that uh further not as further developed as bias was last season but he's someone to keep an eye on uh, a young pitcher uh i'm also pretty high on on andres muñoz who's in the uh, uh, arizona fall league right now but uh, there's there's just so much i mean patino's 18 and and you know had wonderful numbers last season uh in the azl so it's just it's someone to look forward to, uh, and um, someone that Chris Kemp kind of tipped us uh, uh, to keep an eye on.
3: Yeah, I like I like both those uh, those calls, guys. I think I think James nice. knows who my favorite prospect is.
2: He uh, would be uh, Tucapita Marcano.
3: Oh, that's a good one too. He's number two, but oh, but Henry Henry is yeah, he's Henry Henry is my one. boy. <laughs> but, um, a little more obvious, <laughs> but uh, you can't beat a guy with with two first names, Henry Henry, and it's the same name. I mean, how do you ever, you can't forget his name? It's impossible. Dude, yeah. you're not giving any love
2: to Tucapita though. Yeah,
3: but Tucapita, man, we saw him live and in person at the uh, the uh, prospect game, and I fell in love, man. He's he's a, he's a little, he's a little <laughs> dude, but damn, he hit that ball hard when he was batting. We saw one at bat from him; he hit it hard. Is, and you can't and lie you, with a name like Tucapita. Like,
2: I mean, looking at his numbers, his numbers are pretty impressive. I mean, the, he only he walked 34 times in 170 at bats and only caged 15 times. I know he looks like a stick up there holding the bat, and and he's really young, but. It's just another name to to keep an eye on. A left-handed hitter with pretty decent uh, peripherals already. So it's just it's exciting to be a Padre fan. It really is.
3: Yeah, he's uh 18 years old, six foot tall. He probably weighs like 150 pounds, soaking wet. But yeah, yeah, he, he was in the DSL last year. He'll probably come stateside, I imagine, this year. But I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Uh, the numbers don't really jump out at you, but with a name like Tucapita, I mean, you can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, might, exactly. I might be butchering that, but. Butchering, butchering that. But butchering. <laughs> I think it's a great name. All right, so James, I think we should uh, hit Dustin with some rapid fire yeah, questions Yeah, I think so it, to close out here. Dustin.
2: Dustin's on the East Coast. He's probably asleep right now. Uh, we got. Uh, I'm, still here. I'm still, here. <laughs> he's, he's still here. We're we're rambling on right here. I think uh, Patrick no. and I are both. We're both uh, on one today. So um, we are going to hit you with some rapid fire questions. Patrick, go ahead and and, and let's let's get some rapid fire questions and let's uh, let's wrap this segment.
3: Okay, I'm gonna hit you with a little bit of a weird one. in In three years' time, Hunter Renfro plays for what team?
1: Ooh.
0: Uh, <laughs> well, I'm gonna take the the easiest answer here is the Padres.
2: The hesitation, uh, though, spoke volumes.
0: If, if I if I was gonna if I was if, even if I thought he was gonna be on another team, it would be hard to to pick the team. So I'm gonna go with the Padres. Okay. But uh, no, I think I think this year is a big year for him. Um, I still kind of I still kind of like him in, in terms of you know what he can bring to the table. With kind of that raw power, and and see if he can, you know, it, going back to Matt Stairs, see if see if someone like Matt Stairs can kind of get him to have a better approach and and yes. have better at at bats more consistently. I, I think there's still a lot to like there. Um, so I'll say that he's that he sticks around, but but I'll go about 50-50 on it that it's either the Padres or one of the other 29 teams.
3: That's <laughs> as good as that <laughs> guy. Yeah, I think me <laughs> yeah. and, me and James talked about how. I mean, I said I don't I don't really care who Matt Stairs talks to as long as he just focuses on Hunter Renfro, Will Myers, Austin Hedges. I mean, the rest of the team, I could care less. But those three guys, I think, are, are critical. And this next year is going to be very critical to all of their development and kind of where those three fit in long term. I think Hedges has a role regardless because, as you said, the defense is just so outstanding that you can't really not start him every day, even if he's batting like 200. But I think it's important to see how he develops, how Myers develops, how Renfro develops, and I'm hoping Stairs can uh, – make a positive impact on those three in particular. All right, James, you're up. Yeah. Uh,
2: okay. Dustin, uh, starting left field job in 2018 for the San Diego Padres, uh, Perella's penciled in right now, but who do you have as the starting left? Field? Uh,
0: I got Alex, Alex Dickerson in a close one.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, a no, DC
2: platoon with, with Perella? Yeah. Or see... Yeah. Okay.
0: I, I think they could go that route with it if, if they want to. Um, I, I like Perella too. Um, I, I think Dickerson had a really nice year. Um, you know, last time we seen him, what was it in 2016, right? Yeah. Yes. So it was. It wasn't a full year or anything, but he, I know he got a couple hundred at bats, and, and he looked like just like a solid hitter. So I'm interested to see what what he can do. Um, but uh, Perella was really good too. So if they kind of platoon him, I, I'd be fine with that. Um, I just got a feeling that Dickerson, if he's able to to stay healthy, that he might be able to kind of take advantage of the new environment in baseball, where where the where the ball is flying, and you know he makes enough contact I think he had like a 15% strikeout rate that year, which is pretty impressive. So I'm hoping he can make good contact to kind of run into to a bunch of homers and, and maybe put together a surprise year next year. So I'm going to go with him, but it's up in the air for sure.
2: Yeah, no, Dickerson is definitely an intriguing option. I mean, the 2016 season on on that road trip when he was in Toronto, and I forgot where else he was. But, I mean, he was tearing the cover off the ball and. and Padre fans really became aware of who he is, so it'll be exciting to see if the back issues are are, are, are over and done with. Um it it's it's be uh it'll be a fun uh, two thousand eighteen season as the team kind of moves players around and sees who's able to uh, capitalize on playing time. Yeah. Patrick, uh you are up. Anything else for Rapid Fire?
3: Um I I have a pretty good one here. Um Okay. If if I had to ask you, uh Dustin, what's the I mean, the Potters are obviously well into the rebuild now. We're, we're hoping the team competes um, sometime in the next few years. What is your biggest position of concern right now? Like, you look at this position and say, I'm really not sure where this player is going to come from. Like, who's going to be that starter on the next good Potters team? W- which position do you think that would be?
0: Uh, I'm going to go with third, I guess. Because I think if, if Tatis stays at at, um, at short, then there's not really a clear guy for third. Um, I think Hudson Potts is is pretty good, but he's kind of a long way off, and and he has some approach issues. So either it's either going to be third or short, wherever whichever one Tatis ends up at. Um, you know, I'm I'm kind of worried about the other one, but um, yeah, the left side of the infield a little bit, but 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 not with Tatis. Wherever Tatis goes, he's fine, but the other position, I'm a little concerned about.
3: Yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment. I mean. Potters have quite a few young infielders throughout the system. I mean, you got Gabriel Arias, Justin Lopez, yes. um, Luis Almanzar, the list goes on. Um, so maybe some of those guys end up playing third base eventually, but given how young those guys are, I think it's so far off that realistically you hope the Potters are competing before any of those guys are up, unless those guys all fly through the system a la Tatis and Arias and kind of make it up to the majors by the time they're 1920. So I think I definitely agree with you that third base is pretty much the only real position where you don't really right now see a fit. Um, Hudson Potts it'd be nice if he can continue what he did in the second half of last year and, and keep moving forward. But he's still young. It's hit or miss. I mean, he's, he's in low A ball. He still has three levels to climb before he even gets to the big league. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. What are your thoughts, James?
2: Yeah, it, it, it's um, just, it's, it's a question that, that uh, is going to be answered in time. I mean, these guys are all young. Uh, you know, we spoke about the majority of the prospects are are teenagers. So, I like Potts a lot. I like the fact that he's been able to consistently barrel up baseballs, but his play discipline does need, does need some help. But, you know, 20 home runs for an 18-year-old in uh, full-season ball is something to, to definitely hang your hat on. Uh, I, you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, let's move into some modern or some pot, some uh, current Padre talk, uh, and in particular some trade talk. Um, Dustin, do you see Harris Solarte being dealt by the team this offseason?
0: I think, I think there's a good chance. Um, it's tough because I don't, I don't, I think they would want to clear room for him at, like a second and third where they can play, play guys like Spangenberg and uh, Swahe. Um, mm-hmm. I know there's some talk about having them play shortstop, but um, I don't think that would go too well. I mean, I, I really wouldn't mind it. I think you guys were talking about it on one of your recent uh, podcasts, but. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i just don't know if they would if they would be able to go through a whole year with him playing short it would just get kind of ugly at times i think yeah (laughs) but um so if they don't do that i I would think they'd want to trade him and and see what they could get and kind of clear room for the for the younger guys to play so i'm gonna say there's a you know there's a pretty good chance that they trade him but he could also stick around it's it's 50 50
2: i'm
0: playing it down the the middle
2: (laughs) nice nice his value is probably at its pinnacle right now too so there's that to, to factor in as well but you know it could go either way because he is an excellent guy in, in the clubhouse and, and someone that the the young players definitely do rally a, around right uh patrick uh last uh rapid fire for mr palmitier before we let him out of here
3: uh i'm gonna give you an easier one uh, i'm just gonna get, i'm just gonna ask for a percentage chance that brad hand is traded before opening day 2018
0: well, I, I, got, I got bit by this one last year when I wrote <laughs> an article trying to trade Brad Hand to every team. <laughs> yeah. I like that one. That was, that was a good one. I think you should that do a uh, part, part two on the newsletter. Yeah, they might have to do a part two. But so yeah. I'm not going to say like 90% or anything because that's what I thought it was when I wrote that article. Um, I, honestly, it was kind of concerning that, that they weren't able to trade him and, and I'm not sure if it was the Padres asking price that was too high or if other teams just didn't like brad hand as much as they should have (laughs) i think a lot of teams could have could have used hand in the playoffs this year he's he's a terrible arm and and yeah they were teams were 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 mowing through relievers so uh i'm gonna go like 60 65 percent that they that they trade that he gets
3: traded i'm probably at about i'm probably 50 50 because i i just really don't I don't trust Ron Fowler yeah, at all. He really, he really made me feel like they want Brad Hand to be a part of the next good team, which doesn't make any sense. But at the same time, it it makes me nervous. So I don't feel comfortable saying anything other than a coin toss. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. You,
0: all right. I'm I'm down to I'm down to fifty five percent. Yeah.
2: Seriously. You you, you never know with, with with Preller. I mean, he seems to always do the opposite of what the uh, the norm is or what everyone the consensus believes will be done. So I mean, Dustin, we'll just they're going to they're gonna go five
3: hundred. So. <laughs> They need yeah. Brad Hand oh, yeah. for that, obviously.
2: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, Dustin. Well, you know, thank you so much for for coming on. Uh, we ran a little over with our time, but I, I, we enjoyed uh, speaking to you, man. It was it was a good time, and uh, you know, please do not be a stranger. Uh, we would love to have you on the show again.
0: Oh, thanks a lot, guys. This, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate you having me, and yeah,
2: anytime, just just let me know. I'll be on again. That, that, excellent, excellent. So everyone, definitely check out Dustin's uh, newsletter. it's well worth the couple of dollars that that that, that, uh, that you're charged. You don't even think about it; it's not even a, a burden at all. I mean, just the the content that he's bringing, and, and just the love that he shows in, in his work is well worth the money. So support support paid content and and support Dustin for sure, man.
3: Yeah, for those who for those who don't know uh, that he's uh, the Newsletter dot com, right, Dustin. That's right. If you'd like to subscribe, he's sack button Dustin on Twitter. Obviously, I'm sure pretty much every Padre fan I think already follows you. You're you're one of the best follows on Twitter for sure in terms of uh, Padre land. So really appreciate you coming on. Um, as we said, please everyone subscribe. It's well worth the money. I mean, really the first article pays for itself, and you're and you're just all it's all free and good from there. So yeah, de- exactly. definitely worth the money. I'm That's glad
2: fun. to hear that, guys. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Dustin. Have a great night and uh, go Padres, man. See you guys. Go Padres. Well, there you go, folks. It was uh, awesome to talk uh, to Sackbutt Dustin, uh, someone who's kind of been uh, hesitant about coming on and and, uh, and doing a podcast, but we finally were able to wrangle him, and uh, it was nice to be able to talk to him, Patrick, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it's really nice talking to Dustin. I mean, I've talked to him plenty on Twitter uh, throughout the throughout the last few years I've been on Twitter and kind of really been getting into Padre baseball, so it's nice to yeah. actually uh, talk to him. Put a, put a face to the name um, it, it, it was a great conversation as we said before please subscribe to his newsletter I cannot recommend it enough um, definitely worth the money uh, always good content uh, Dustin's, Dustin's a good guy and, and uh, he deserves his subscription for sure
2: definitely well thank you folks for joining us uh, this was episode 70 of the Padres East Village Times podcast uh, we had a great time doing the show we ran a little over apologize for that but I think the the content was well worth the extra 10 or 15 minutes uh Patrick you want to take us out of here
3: yeah we're hosted on uh Podbean you can give us a, a follow on their review uh we're also on Twitter I'm Patrick PatrickBurn83 James is EBT underscore news EBT underscore Jay Clark. as I said before Dustin is Sackbunt Dustin on Twitter uh the Sackbunt newsletter dot com is where you can subscribe to his newsletter it, it's an email subscription so every day you'll get an email or every other day depending on when he writes uh email right in your inbox. You can read great great material, great Padre stuff yep. every day. Uh yep. definitely definitely well worth it. Um, that's about it.
2: All right folks, thank you so much for joining us. Uh we will be back next week with a couple shows hopefully. Uh look for that. Uh Go Padres and we will definitely keep you up to date on any and all Padre news move, um, and moves that are made uh in the winter as the winter leagues uh, start to heat up as the hot stove starts to heat up in Winter baseball is uh, in full effect. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. East Village Times podcast is signing out.
1: EBT is out here broadcasting. EBT is out here podcasting. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Question and answer, James and Patrick ask them. Padres EBT podcast. Padres EBT podcast.